Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. And I think we are on a mission from God, people. This is uh, this is Jason Emmett. Studi. And I'm Casey Masterpiece. Took you a second there, buddy. You all right? You okay? You talking to me? Yeah, I'm talking to you. Talking to you. Who you think? I'm talking. Hey, am we're I, talking, talking to you. To you? My talk. There's nobody else here, so I got to be talking to you. Or we're Stu. I could have been talking to Stu. He's here too. To youths. Welcome everyone to the mixtape podcast. As you hear, Casey is skyping in this week, and that's because this isn't the official night when we typically record the show. But we have a special guest that's going to be sitting in with us tonight, so we're doing it on an unscheduled night and time, so that we could have the special guest on with us tonight. We will be doing another show, and uh, Casey will be in studio for us, or for us, for that. <laughs> For us too, yeah, and for us, yes, he will be here for us. Maybe he'll bring some more uh, alcoholic uh, sanitation. <laughs> I gotta tell you about this. So, Casey comes over and he brings us he brings us uh, pandemic gifts. He brought us some masks and some some hand sanitizer. Now, a lot of these, uh, a lot of breweries and stuff, as people know out there, are making hand sanitizer now, which is basically just pouring whiskey on your hands. <laughs> I mean, it's really not that much different. Yeah, you I, take a whiff of it. Oh my I God. did. I so my kids come over <laughs> and I cracked open the bottle and I was like, "Here, smell this." So there's two things. One, uh, Shiloh about gagged, kind of like I do when I smell that stuff. Uh, and then, and then the thing that worried me when Xander goes, "I think it smells kind of good." I'm like, "Oh shit, <laughs> 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 we're in trouble." <laughs> uh, my son Xander does not strike me as uh, the type that will ever be a drinker. Ever, he just—I don't think that'll be in his. I think he's gonna be raging out. Uh, yeah, you read that from him, do you? <laughs> um, no, but I thought that was really funny. But uh, yeah, so he'll be back in studio with us. Um, I will say the dynamic of, of when you're here with us is different. It really is. It's, oh yeah. yeah, it really is. It's and we knew yeah. that. We knew that. Understand our our preference, of course, is to have people in studio whenever we can. That's. That's the preference, but sometimes with guests, it's easier to have them Skype in. They don't always live around us. You know, Matt Hoffman was is in Chicago for Pete's sake. Yeah, if we could have went out to Chicago, we would have done it. Well, we will. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, tonight we have a guest with us, and again, it's this this whole pandemic thing going on. The the three of us, two of us live together, and the other one knows us, and we three we amigos. we make our precautions before he comes over. You know, we. We lie all down. I the put place. on my hazmat suit, you know, and uh, drink my Clorox. I read, I read a meme the other day that was. You need to drink more Clorox. Said I've, I've sprayed my house with so much Lysol and Clorox that when I pee, I clean the toilet. <laughs> right. Like, I like I said, with everyone spraying Lysol everywhere, I'm, I'm going to be free and clear of the uh, Corona because my lungs have already been 
Yeah, he's gonna sanitize he'll just, already. He'll just die of other things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So I did mention that we do have a special guest uh, that's going to be joining us here tonight. Uh, that is Mr. Alexander Hamilton. He's a uh, yes, folks. That is his name. Well, yeah, Alexander Hamilton. Not, not many people would have that kind of name. Sounds sophisticated. I don't, Alex Hamilton. I guess. Uh, I believe <laughs> he's the mayor of the city of Hamilton, Ohio. So uh-huh. He, uh huh. Yeah. There's a statue of him in the middle of the square. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, As a musical, you know. Kev, yes. A there's a mu- there is a musical based off Alexander Hamilton right now. It's it's huge. It's uh it's called Hamilton. You should. Kevin is doing his impression of the lying girl from the movie that we're going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> um. So as we often do with guests, uh, so Alexander is a um. We know him. We've met him a few times over the years uh, from the Horror Hound conventions, which we will talk about in this episode. Um, he's a jack of all trades. He does all kinds of stuff, and he'll he'll tell you a little bit about some of the things he does. But uh, recently moved to our area, and uh, Casey has been talking to him, and just thought it would be really fun to have him on the show. So uh, we invited him on, and as we often do with our guests, we said, you know. We do 80s and 90s. What topic would you like? And he picked one for, uh, two movies, one from the 80s, one from the 90s. And we will definitely get into those. Um, and we will give our thoughts and opinions on them. One of them I absolutely loved. One of them I used to absolutely love. And now I realize it is not a good movie by any stretch of the imagination. But, hey. I, for one, love both of them. I highly recommend them. Go out, catch them both. Hey, Stewie. But- Hey, do, do you hear somebody talking? Creaky, 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 creaky. Hey, I added the creaky, <laughs> creaky for you. <laughs> now will you shut up? No. Oh, God. I gave you the official creaky, creaky back. It wasn't loud enough. Creaky, 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 creaky. All right, it might be a little loud. God, all I heard was mm, creaky, creaky, mine's better. So now it's in there, so shut yeah, I thought the other one sounded good, too. You complained about <laughs> it. All right, so we're not going to do a super long intro because we have a super uh, long and very fun discussion with our guest. Um, you won't hear a lot from Stewie, as is usually the case. There'll be the occasional wisecrack in the background, um, <laughs> but mostly you won't hear Stewie talk a lot. I assure you he is in the studio. I own the he place. will get some of his impressions, though. We do. So uh just so Shut for those the of, hell up. for those of you who like <laughs> for the two of you that like Stu, I'm sorry, and for all the rest of you. For all the rest of you that don't, then F you all. <laughs> Fuck you too. Exactly. <laughs> all right. So uh, as we do on this show, before we entertain you with the 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 fun stuff, we have to teach you something and. You know, it's it was mandated by the government back in the '80s that in order to do entertainment, you have to attach a lesson to it. So this week, we're going to be giving you a um, a really important message from one Mr. Will Smith. So sit back and enjoy this. Yeah, I'm signing in for a second. I just wanted to rap to you. Now, in your life, you're going to realize there's only one thing that separates you from other human beings. Now, somebody might be as tall as you, or they might look like you, or their hair might be the same color, but your mind will separate you. So what I want to encourage you to do is stay in school, you know, make it grow, make it work, make it better, because the more you know, the 
further you'll go, I'm out of here. There you go. Stay in school. Will Smith told you to. Because he, he rapped. Very wise word. He rapped with you for a minute. Word. So I want to rap with you for a minute. <laughs> I actually thought he was going to start rapping. That would have been great. He should have rapped the whole message, and then it would have been way more entertaining. Uh, all right, so let's go ahead and uh, get our friend Alexander on the phone, and we'll then we will discuss this week's exciting topics of the 1986 film True Stories and the 1991 movie Nothing But Trouble. So we've all met you at Horror Hound before. KC was telling us he's like he'd been talking to you and everything, and he's like, "We, we need to have him on the show." I'm like, "Well, yeah, <laughs> like of course we do, man." Tell him what what's he well, want to talk about? Here we are, and we have. Uh, I want to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say thank you, and then I'm gonna be like, "Oh man," <laughs> because I'm a. <laughs> so basically, kind of tell everybody what's going on. What we were here to talk about is uh, true stories and nothing but trouble, and. True Stories is essentially it's a it's it we'll say it's a David Byrne movie David Byrne of the Talking Head now Talking Heads I'm a huge Talking Heads fan have been since I was probably about twelve years old love the Talking Heads they are probably one of my top five favorite bands of all time I have never seen this movie I've seen the posters a hundred times I've heard about it never watched it until recently yeah um, and a lot of the um sequences in the movie they used as music videos so you've probably seen the videos yes absolutely yeah. not only that i have um i have uh i don't have the i'm, I'm gonna pick the album up the but i have like some of their greatest hits and some mixed stuff and i actually have john goodman singing with them i just never knew it was from this movie yeah i just thought it was something that happened you know i've seen stop making sense i've seen all of that I knew about this movie, I guess, but it really, so it's not hard to get. We, we actually rented it on Amazon, so you can rent it on Amazon. You can, I think, watch it rent through YouTube as well, I, I think. I've never done that. So. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. YouTube has it also, because I, I, I own the movie. I love it. And, uh, and, and uh, my friend Joe Rogers, um, who, who sells posters and stuff at the show, he found me a, a, a movie poster for oh, two awesome. stories. The, really the, the movie oh, poster is fantastic. I copy of it. My fiance has never seen it, so I'm like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna buy it for you." Because we watch, she's back in Texas for another month or so, so I'm like, "You gotta see this fucking movie. It's amazing." And and uh, what's his name? Um, and Tito and the Tarantulas. He he's he's in the uh, in the, the true stories also. Yeah, he's he, he Ramon. 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 Yeah. yeah. Which I was it, that the guy who uh, was sensing people's signals. Yes, yeah. their tone. Yeah, he God. reads, he okay. reads their tone. He's been, he's been pretty much every Robert Rodriguez movie made. Yes, like he, yes. He's in the band in Dust Till Dawn. Which is my favorite movie. In- I love From Dust Till Dawn. I, I could watch it a hundred times. I, I absolutely love that movie. all the time. Tito and the Tarantulas are on the soundtrack from Dust Till Dawn, and I love that as well. So a, After Dark, right? That's the, the song yeah. they sing in the movie. And uh, I love that song, and I, that scene in the movie is fantastic. But yes, he's in this. He's the guy that reads the tones. So it's kind of hard to like. A lot of times we we synopsize movies real quick before we talk about them. You can't. This one's kind of hard to synopsize because of what it really is. Yeah. Like I said, this movie's 1986, um, mm-hmm. written by 
well, Stephen Tobolowsky, a.k.a. Uh, Ned Ryerson, for those of you who don't know from Groundhog's Day, uh, David Byrne and oh, okay. Tobolowsky's girlfriend, I, I don't know if they're still together, but at the time, Beth Henley, right? The story goes, from what I've read, they met, the two of them met, uh, David Byrne and Tobolowsky met after uh, a screening of Stop Making Sense, and they kind of hit it off, and David Byrne, they go back to David Byrne's house, and he's got these, like, drawings on his wall, and he's kind of, Tobolowsky's asking about him, and he's like, well... I picked up these tabloid things and stories over the years while I was torn with my band. And that's what these drawings are based on. These like little stories of people and tabloid stuff over the years. And he was like, wouldn't it be cool if these were like true stories and we made a movie about it. And that's kind of how it went. Um, And from what I heard, David Byrne had a lot more to do with the writing, but didn't want, he wanted them to take top billing over him. He said yeah. he, he didn't want it to seem like a vanity piece. He wanted it to be like an actual movie. So this movie is little snapshots of the day in a life of kind of just odd people in this town of Virgil, Texas, right? And yeah. it's there the 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 150th anniversary is coming up, and there what is it the celebration of specialness, right? Special ness. Special ness. And they, they, he makes a point. Like I kept at first I was like, is, is David Byrne just being David Byrne and pronouncing it funny? But no, that's what it was called. Special ness. And I guess if there's a story, it's kind of about, it's, it's kind of about John Goodman's character looking for love. And that's the one thing that kind of ties everybody back in together, sort of. Yeah. But that's not really what it's about. It's not. <laughs> it's, and, if you, and if you look at it, there's like there's not there's not a villain in the piece. There's no, no, it's, no. It's just and there's not really like no one is mean. There's not no. like a, any any negative anything. Like it just it's it's a very nice um, little slice of, of Americana. And you think that they're gonna like you think Veracor, this big industry, they're gonna make some big villain out of them or. Or the guy who runs it, you know, Spalding Gray, right? That's who plays. I don't. Yeah, I don't uh, Gray. Uh, yeah. You think and, they're going to make him you, a villain? Have you, have you ever, um, ever heard any Spalding Gray's uh, monologues? Um, I want to say yes. I know I've heard about them, and I know the scene where he gets up and kind of gives the speech um, and tells the joke is sort yeah. of they they were really playing off what he does. Um, yeah. So I want to say I, I have. Running through Cambodia, it's probably available on, on Amazon or something. I'd recommend it. It's it's just him on a stage doing a monologue, yeah. and that's that's what he was really known for. Um, and he and he was really really um, funny. And he's got a couple. But swimming to Cambodia is probably the best one. I know I got some in, in Dropbox. I'll, I'll I'll look it up and I'll send you some links. Okay. Yeah, that sounds that sounds really familiar too. So I, there's a there's a chance that when I was younger that my stepdad introduced me to some of this. He's the one who introduced me to you know stop making sense in the Talking Heads to begin with, and so it's this this whole thing is sort of in his wheelhouse. So there's a chance that I have, I've heard some of this stuff before, but wouldn't mind hearing it again, especially after watching the movie. Um, we uh, committed suicide um, a while back. If you, if you bum you guys out with that, he was on the on the um, ferry going from uh, Staten Island back into New York or vice versa, and he just went over the edge. Wow! Just jumped over. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. 
he, he talks about depression and and and, it, and so, so they talked about his mother his mother's suicide attempts and just he kind of ties it all into a narrative so hearing hearing his stories about his mother and then knowing that was his ultimate end is just it, yeah like he didn't is, expect it that is very sad but it wasn't a surprise so Spalding oh, Gray's wow. character in this is one of the he and his wife play the couple that do not speak to each other directly they speak to each other through their children and they say it's been years since they've spoke directly to each other and again you think there's going to be some like deep seated underlying you know, but no it's just that's just how they are they, they never mm-hmm. they never hint that they're having a bad marriage or don't love each other it's just kind of that's they their character just don't talk to each other You've got the lady that never gets out of bed. You've got the li- the lady who lies constantly, <laughs> like in her life. Yeah. All I, that's uh oh crap who who played her? I don't I do not remember. She's um she's not a well known. She's she still does stuff. I, I look her up and I yeah I did too. And she's and she hasn't really done a lot of large roles, uh, but she she pops up from time to time and you know like Hallmark movies and shit. Well, she's fantastic she's not, because. Well, she's, I don't know if she really was just sort of, they told her to just go with it and make stuff up or if it was, I have no idea, but it sounded like that person, every, every one of us have known at some point that just, it oh, just yeah. comes right out and it sounded so natural. And when the movie first starts and they introduce her, I didn't know she, you know, it wasn't until like the second scene. I'm like, Oh, I get it. She just makes up whatever. <laughs> like like yeah. it's, it's totally just whatever. But like I said, you've got the lady that never leaves her bed. Who's so rich that she has a, a, a robot arm that feeds her her food and turns yeah. the pages of her magazine. She never gets out of bed. You've got her, I don't know what you'd call him, like her housekeeper or whatever. Uh, her butler, her assistant. Who ends up becoming a much bigger part and has a fantastic song. He's uh, from the Staples singers. Yeah, that's uh, Pop he's, Staples, uh, right? Pardon? Oh, yeah. Pop Staples. Yeah. Pop Staples, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing that, like... So I think, uh, so this movie didn't do well critically. It did, or I'm sorry, critically it did well. It didn't do well financially. But critically it actually did really well. I guess they said part of the problem was they didn't know how to promote it. Is it a musical? Is it a comedy? Like, what is yeah. this movie? And that's just it. Like, the, the songs that just break out, it's sort of random. And they're all, like, talking head songs. They're just not done by the talking heads. Um, there are, are three soundtracks available. I used to have all three of them. Okay, I only knew final, two. So I only but, knew um, two. Do, do you, if you if, if you can find them, I would love to get even even just a digital copy. But there's one soundtrack that's called Mall Music, and it's all the um, the music that's playing in the malls, like awesome. keyboards and incidental music throughout the film. There's another one that's the soundtrack from the film that has all the characters singing the the, the actual songs. Right. And then it has the third soundtrack is the Talking Heads versions of all the songs. So the Talking Heads released True Stories, the album, and then there was um, Sounds from True Stories, which is, like you said, that's the people from the movie performing the yeah. songs. And that's what I had heard. I'd heard John Goodman. But again, I just I just thought, you know, it's David Byrne. Lord, he might have just known John Goodman yeah. and said, hey, let's let's do this. And I got a great story, by the way, for, for David Byrne. Um, my aunt and uncle are fly around the world now they they go wherever they want and my aunt is talking to my mom one day and she says um it's obviously been a few years now but she says oh yeah we we were flying back from i don't know where they were japan or somewhere i don't know she's like and i met somebody famous on on the plane and my mom's like oh yeah and she's like yeah he was some musician i I don't 
I don't remember. And she's like, well, do you know his name? Yeah, it was David Byrne. I'm like, what? <laughs> you met David Byrne and you didn't even know who it was. Like she talked to him and he, she said he was very friendly, but she didn't even know. Who, I was like, oh my God. Like I, I would have like killed to meet David Byrne. And I always thought that was really cool. But what I really like about this is David Byrne, Der- David Byrne plays the narrator of this movie, right? He's unnamed. He, ne- he never, he never goes by a name in the movie, but I read that he modeled his character after Paul Harvey. And as soon as I heard that, I'm like, okay, I totally I can see that. Totally yeah. get that. But I guess he um he had actually the the role of uh Lewis Fine, which is what John Goodman plays, I guess he originally offered that to Willard Scott and Willard Scott turned it down. So <laughs> as I'm watching this movie, right, like when the movie opens, Stewie's sitting there and he goes, Oh yeah, this is totally like David Byrne, like this is Talking Heads, like because it's just yeah. who he is, and it really is. If you watch Talking Head video music videos, it's the same kind of feel. Like they they have a very specific feel to them. You know what you're watching, and this movie falls right into it. And I was laughing, yeah. like I was cracking up through the movie, like just little comments being made. First of all, John Goodman was fantastic in it. He really was. I I, I think all the acting in it was really pretty great. There are scenes that are just in there, and you're like, I don't even know what this means. I don't know what's going on, but I don't really care at this point. It's yeah. like, um, and as as a single guy, I could say Lewis Fine is my hero. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I and just an FYI, <laughs> I retain a consistent panda bear shape. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's an awesome line. <laughs> um, but like the scene where the. the don't get me wrong. It's it's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. I just don't know why it was there. You just randomly, all of a sudden, cut to a group of kids walking, clacking bricks together and singing Hey Now. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm in. I'm on board. I don't know what this is for, but it was one of my favorite scenes in the movie. And that's just it. I think yeah. by the time the movie's done, you're expecting some huge social commentary or political agenda or something. But it, it's not there. It's... Like you said, this movie is, I think it's very positive by the time it's done. Mm -hmm. It's just a big slice of Americana, like you said. Yes. Yeah, but and it was a slice of Americana, but they also kind of filtered out like all the, all the the negative shit. Yes. There there are scenes like when they go into the mall and he's like, and he's like, well, how about those girls over there? And he's like, nah, they're too old for me. And, and there's like, they, they don't get ageist. They don't get racist. They don't get they don't get mean at all. There's like, there's not any kind of like, uh, there's no, there's no like real jealousy. There's no, no real mm-hmm. like uh, underlying negative driving emotions that, you know, make, give some characters depth. Yes. And, uh, and they're able to like do it without having any, any, anything shitty. There's like nothing shitty in the film. And, and I, and, and even there's points where you think, Oh, it's going to happen yes, now. Absolutely. That never happens. Yeah. I was, like I said, I was waiting for it. I was waiting for the, the Veracord bad guys to emerge or, you know, some underlying evil plot that comes out and it, it just never does. This is literally just slices of life for these people. Especially during this time is, you know, it's a nice stress reliever. Yeah. I yeah. highly recommend it. I, I've, been, I've been watching it a lot lately. <laughs> <laughs> it, it helps. <laughs> I read yeah. that David Byrne described this film once as 60 minutes on acid. And really, that's kind of what it feels like. <laughs> If you ever watch an episode of 60 Minutes, they kind of, like, they go and they talk about a subject, and that's what he's doing. He's going and he's talking about the the residents of the town of Virgil, Texas. And Mm -hmm. along the way, he's saying some, like, like, he just looks at the camera 
for no reason says this car is not a rental. I own it. Like why? Why? Why do you say that? I don't know. But I started cracking up. I'm like that's. We talked about different driving styles, and he's got weird inflections. Like there's the bobber and the weaver and the marshmallow. <laughs> and like I want to know what's going on in his head. Like it's almost like a, a Andy Kaufman esque thing where he must be going. You know, mo- maybe no one else will find this funny in the world, but I will. So I'm gonna do it. I just want this one scene at random. I just don't really want the steering wheel attached. <laughs> I just, I just yeah. sort of want it to be loose and doing whatever. <laughs> and it's you like know, I've got a book by him, uh, Arboretum, Arboretum, but it's it's all illustration that he did, and it's all like tree graphs, <laughs> and like one one graph is a pattern recognition, and there's a, the top of the tree. It's urban planning. Uh, nanotechnology, musical composition, choreography, mar- modern architecture, and then underground, it's dandruff on shoulders, pimple patterns, star constellation, them on sidewalks, pool of fish, and like all the graphs are just seemingly seemingly random, but it's they're just really all all trees as pie charts and graphs. Wow. And it's fucking weird. He is. I love it. He is an endlessly entertaining human being. He just he just well, is. We, well, we were on tour. Um, and, and, and actually, you can hear part of it on Another Living Podcast. I actually called into the show on, when they used to have a, a line. And uh, and so we were on tour with the Coney Island Sideshow. And uh, we went looking for H.P. Lovecraft's grave. And we found it. But the whole time, the cemetery is about to close. And it felt like the opening of a horror film. So I called in. But this is in uh, Providence, Rhode Island. And then the, uh, then the next day, we go to a little... Uh, I'm blanking on the name of it, but I but I have a photograph of the place. I'll I'll get it for you. Uh, but it's it's like the oldest hot dog uh, restaurant in America. Cause we, we were in there, and there's all these old dudes. The youngest guy was probably 60, and the oldest guy was probably you know 85. And they were all working these like gruff blue collar Rhode Island dudes, and they're all one family. And they're like Arr! back and forth. They all sound like Popeye <laughs> characters, and they talked funny, funny dudes. And they had all these pictures of David Byrne, like autographed pictures of David Byrne and Talking Heads albums. And I was like, are you guys fans of the Talking Heads? And he's like, oh, no, no, David used to work here back in college. Because you know that thing he does with his hands where he does like uh, and, uh, once in a lifetime yeah, video? absolutely. Where he's going down his arm, like body chopping it? Right. That, that actually is something that they do. He goes, yeah, that's ours. If somebody orders a Coney Island dog and they want it all the way. We do all the way, and then, then so that's like the signal they do down the line. Oh God, I hope that's I hope that's so true. <laughs> that is fantastic because <laughs> you've always watched that video or stop making sense, and and you're like, what? I mean, is he just crazy? Like, what's happening? But you don't care. You're all in it. So to know that that's where it comes from makes it so much better. <laughs> so much better. Secret, like little little signal he's doing. He's saying all the way, and that was right when they first kind of broke. So he's kind of, I think he's in, intentionally, like uh, you know, intending to go all the way with his career. Wow, that's awesome. great. That's that's so, such a cool story to hear. Growing up, watching him as a, as a kid, you know, and I'm still a huge fan today, and I still go back and watch these videos. And now to kind of hear that story and tie these things together, there's part of you that's like, I almost there's a mystique. I almost don't want to know. But sometimes yeah. when you actually hear, it, it actually makes things better. <laughs> so to know that that's what, I mean, I'm sure he has all, he's making all sorts of references by doing it that only he knows, you know? 
well, now we know. Spectrum, so. but also uh, communicate. Like he's he's got. Like, I don't know if, it, if it's a touch of Asperger's or or just. Uh, <laughs> yes. you know, I had I had uh, texted Jay about that. <laughs> And it, it really <laughs> you did in the Aspergers for me. So Casey has yeah. Aspergers, and he he yeah, borderline. Yeah. When he watched this movie, he texted me about that. Like he absolutely texted me. It was like, yeah. yeah, this is really kicking in my Aspergers, man. And this is he's like, it's awesome. <laughs> like this is great. So that's yeah, it's a very valid point. Yeah, I think it- a lot of people thought that the movie was uh, going to be a concert film, and that's why that's another the people who wanted a concert film shut up, and they're like, "What the fuck is this?" and they left. And then people who wanted not a concert film didn't go. I have a real love for like vanguard cinema. Um, it's been years. I used to watch a lot of like more vanguard stuff, and I don't as much anymore. So when I put this on, it really kind of brought. Like honestly, I'd watch the previews and stuff, but I. I what I got was different than what I expected it to be. So I, I was I was pleasantly surprised. I was I was very happy by the time it was done. Yeah, I want, hey, I want uh, what fraction so that they do a widescreen release of it because there's only it's only that uh, one format available. Yeah. yeah, it was full screen off Amazon. Yeah, it wasn't widescreen. It did the, it did the picture box thing. Of course, I I rented it in 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 standard def. I didn't. Uh, well, I don't even know if they offered it in high def to be honest. They don't. Just the one. Yeah, it was just the the standard deaf stuff, and hey, I man, it was like three ninety nine to rent the thing. So if 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 you're even curious, because I was telling a good friend of the show, Matt Brown from used to do the Slugcast back in the day, I was talking to him, and I told him, I said, if you haven't seen this movie, dude, it's right up your alley. You totally need to rent it. So <laughs> hopefully he does. And yeah. I, I want to hear his thoughts on it. But yeah, it was uh, it was it was just really enjoyable for me to sit there and watch it. I got I got some Talking Heads music. I got a fun movie, like you said. No. No animosity in this movie whatsoever. It's just nice and peaceful and happy. Hey, what did Stu think of it? I loved it. <laughs> so Actually, I didn't. I did not think Stu would like it at all. And he 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 told me like afterwards. He was like, "Yeah, I mean, it wasn't bad. There were there were some scenes where, you know, it lost him a little bit, but it, I think there were some scenes that he really enjoyed too. And that's kind of that's the thing about it. Like it, it's. It's scenes. It's a. It's multiple scenes put together that sort of have a loose subplot line. That's really yeah. all you can say about it. I don't really know how to synopsize it at all, except what we've said about it. <laughs> like, and, and, he, and he, you know, clipped out like he got weekly world news. I remember some of the articles. Uh, to my grandmother used to buy the Inquirer and the weekly world news, and so every time we'd go to visit her, she'd have stacks of them in her bathroom. So while you're dropping a deuce there's no cell phones existing at that point so you're reading about prince who die and and uh, and the vampire bat boy and that kind of thing i remember reading some of them like the the guy looking for a wife i remember that one and then i remember the the woman who didn't get out of bed like i remember that article too i think it'd be great to do like a a release of this film with like some excerpts of the articles and some of his drawings like as bonus oh, yeah. stuff that would be that would be awesome because i was thinking that the whole time like i want to i want to read now i want to read some of the tabloid stuff that he got these ideas from you know and see see where he went from it, so. my archive done on uh world news's website i think if you did a google search you can find a lot of them yeah i'm sure if i did a little googling i could google where did he get some of these ideas from you might start finding some of them but yeah very very interesting movie so i for this one 
I thank you <laughs> because you introduced me to a, a wonderful movie that I had heard about for years and never seen before, and I was pleasantly surprised. I have a feeling I'm not going to be thanked for the next one. <laughs> so we also watched uh, Nothing But Trouble, 1991 film. Now, here's the thing about Nothing But Trouble. I, I saw it in 1991, and I loved yeah. it in 1991. Um, when I was probably, you know, 13 years old. <laughs> and this, as I watched it again the other night, I'm like, oh. So for me, this only worked when I was 13 years old. I saw for things. Me, uh, yeah, I know. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I could I could throttle you for one of the comments you made. But for me. That is the, uh, an adult version of Goonies. Yeah, this is no. Me. You cannot compare this to the Goonies. Oh, I he- oh hell no. I don't know where you're getting the Goonies from. <laughs> It almost like it's like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. The comedy. The comedy, yes. But, okay. And we'll, we'll get into that. This is where some of my problems with the movie lie. So as I'm watching it this time around, the first thing I notice, and then, of course, as you start researching it, you figure out you, you were right, is I'm like, man, these are people I like, but this acting is not good. What is happening here? They're not into this at all. Well, it turns out they weren't into it at all. The only only one person was, and that was Dan Aykroyd, who's acting his ass off in this movie. <laughs> yeah. um, and do, do not misunderstand me. I appreciate some of that. I, I Okay, so I'm the king of telling you a, a movie's bad, but still enjoying it, and I love the campiness. Okay, so I do appreciate the campiness of, of Nothing But Trouble. I'll give a real quick synopsis of this movie. For those who have not seen Nothing But Trouble, like I said, I've seen it probably a few times over the years, but it's been a while, so we watched it again the other night. Uh, 1991 is written by Dan Aykroyd, and um, the story was him and his brother, Peter Aykroyd. It stars Chevy Chase, uh, Dan Aykroyd, John Candy, uh, Demi Moore, Taylor Negron, and I don't know who his... Okay, was that his sister or his wife? Uh, yeah, it was his <laughs> yeah. sister. It's his sister, <laughs> it could, right? It could have been either... You're right, because you don't really know. They never, I don't think they ever say, do they? Yeah. Well, they mentioned like towards the end. But then they also imply it's his lover, and it could go either way. Yeah, it's very, Mm -hmm. it was very like, I couldn't quite tell. So the story goes that Dan Aykroyd and Peter went to see Hellraiser, and they noticed everybody was laughing, so they were like, we should write like a horror comedy with, with like a Texas Chainsaw kind of twist to it. So... They write this film, and basically what the movie's about, there's a real loose, paper-thin plot thing where Demi Moore has to go, I don't know, she's got to go do something. <laughs> I don't even know what she's doing. But she's going to see a like lawyer a, or something? She is a lawyer. Oh, yeah. Her, her ex. She works for her ex-boyfriend is his lawyer, right? So she has to go do yeah. some legal stuff for him. And uh, Chevy Chase is obviously trying to get with her. He meets her at a party. And he tells her, like, he'll take her. Like, he'll drive her out there. So, uh, Taylor Negron is, is... And for those of you who don't know who he is, he's the guy from Punchline that says, you don't want a carpet, you want an Adirag. Right? So, I'm just, you know, giving reference. <laughs> so... He's in a lot of stuff. He is. But people that's, yeah. like, a real famous line. Everybody kind of remembers him in Punchline for that. So... So they're 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 at the party. They decide they want to tag along. So they're driving. They're talking. They're complaining how boring it is. And they want to kind of go off route. They're going from from New York through New Jersey, and Stewie instantly is like, "Check out the GPS system." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's fantastic." Like, they, of course, it's not going to work when they get off track because it was like ancient 1991. I don't even think about the fact that that was 29 years ago. And that was before Tom Tom. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> yes, there you go. So they 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 convince them to kind of go off course. They go through this. There's all these like old towns that have been like mined out, and there's fires burning underground and everything. And they go through a town called Vulcanvania, and um, they run a stop sign. And because they run the stop sign, this cop goes to pull them over. They try to outrun the cop. Long story short, he hauls them in to meet the judge, who is uh, a hundred plus year old Dan Aykroyd with a penis for a nose, <laughs> literally. <laughs> and he hates. He thinks that Chevy Chase is a banker. He's not. He writes for like a financial magazine, but he thinks yeah. that he is, and he hates bankers. And he like holds trial right there. And he just determines whether people are going to live or die or what they have to do. And he decides he's going to hold them over till the next day. They end up in this kind of madhouse with some crazy characters, this ancient-looking mansion with bones everywhere and machines outside called the, the Bone Stripper that literally strip, your, <laughs> strip you down to your bones and two characters straight out of the Garbage Kid Pale movie, which is Bobo and Little Dibble. Blip, blip. <laughs> It's it's pretty crazy. And yes, it's very... The feel of it is very Texas Chainsaw Massacre with the look of it. Sort of. That's where my first problem starts. John Candy's character doesn't make sense to me. Because they're... Which one? John Candy. Not not his sister. (laughs) Not his sister. Him him (laughs) as... So he doesn't fit in. Like, he supposedly has been working for him since he was eight. Basically... John Candy's the bad guy in this whole movie. You just don't see it that way. He he knows that this dude's been killing people all these years. So why is he haul him in in the first place if he's going to feel bad for him later? But basically what we kind of find out is he doesn't really feel bad for him. He just decides to run away because they're going to give him lots of money and let him sleep with his sister wife. Because yeah. I, don't, I don't know what she really is. <laughs> sister wife. <laughs> we, don't know which, we don't know what she is. I, I can't figure it out. <laughs> So originally, I guess this, I did for a movie. This movie, I guess, was originally supposed to be rated R, and they, they, I guess, so it went through a lot of changes, name changes, everything else. There is. Uh, I'm gonna find the link and send it to you guys. But there is a, uh, a kind of a, about the making of this film. Uh, there's a, a guy who does a whole series on on YouTube that's phenomenal. He talks about this movie. He talks about this stuff and kind of why they flopped. And uh, he really, he, it's like a half hour show this guy does and he gets into this film and, and they really they kept going back and forth with the studios like yes. the studios kept giving him money because he I guess he just came off of Ghostbusters and this and a couple other huge hits and he's made him a lot of money so they were like oh, okay you can go ahead and do it and he wasn't going to direct it originally like they right. just kind of gave it to him so what I and heard so, is like, he didn't want to direct it and he wanted to play um, the main character Chevy Chase's character and the judge yeah, um, yeah. And they said they kept throwing people at him too, so they told him, which he was fine with because these are all people he knew. But like John Candy, they, the studio said they wanted John want Candy. They wanted nobody um, wanted Chevy. Yes, yeah. Watching Chevy Chase in this movie is a lot like watching Bill Cosby in, in uh, Leonard Part Six. I mean, you know this guy's a freaking asshole. Okay, and it's kind of hard to root for him. Okay, I'm going to say something now. Even with the present Bill Cosby situation, and I know we're not allowed to like his stuff anymore, but I love Leonard Part Six. <laughs> I just want to, I just want to go on record as saying I think that movie is absolutely hilarious. And I like the Cosby Show. <laughs> well, I loved the Cosby Show. It's just yeah, the Cosby Show was a good show. I love the Bill Cosby record. So it's heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. 
my my uh, you know my my fiance is she's got some kids and she's talking about bath time stuff. <laughs> I'm like, and I just want to do that, play that that. Yes. Bit where it's like get in the bathtub, turn on the water, put the soap in the, and like we have to explain to kids, and I and I want to play that for the kids, but I can't. Right, you can't. Right. It's like, and then I can't explain why I can't play it for you because. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it does suck, but yes. From all accounts, now I watched. I was a huge I mean, fan of. Community. I'm sure the rape is pretty bad too, and all that you know, <laughs> sexual predator stuff. I yeah. guess that's bad too. <laughs> yeah. Potato, potato. Yeah. Yeah. So they say. Enjoy stuff anymore, and, and he's terrorizing human beings. I, I, very insensitive and selfish of me. I, I do it apologize. Is. Absolutely. It is. It is insensitive of us, but you know, we we. I think most people feel this way. It's like, man, he. He, I think what people are trying to kind of get at is this man who everybody adored because he was such a horrible person. He ruined like chunks of everybody's. Like we all looked it up to him. Like that's America's dad right there, right? I, I still right. like Jello. <laughs> Stewie said he still <laughs> likes Jello, <laughs> but, but I think twice about pudding pops. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Community, right? I love the TV show Community, and I have heard like the the cast of that show. I mean, he Chevy Chase got pretty much booted off that show, and a lot of it's just his attitude, and that sucks too. It's like I hate when there's Mm -hmm. somebody you've watched your whole life and you love this person, and you find out they're just a complete tool on set. Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis is amongst them that I hear he's just not an easy person to work. And you know, and you wonder, Chevy Chase because he's so hilarious. So I wonder if it was always this way. Like if you go back to like you know Three Amigos and and Vacation, was he a jerk well, back then? Was the Fletch, yeah, and all that. I, I was hearing stories about him on like the early Saturday Saturday Night Live really? days, just being a dick. So, uh, yeah. I wonder if Spies Like Us was, was it him and Dan Aykroyd were in that together, so. Well, yeah, so they're, they're still friends. Like, I, Dan Aykroyd has talked about it. Like, he, Chevy Chase would come into this movie and just be a complete ass to him on set. So I read that he made fun of him because he was directing yep. the movie, but that Chevy was making more money than he was. And, like, but Dan Aykroyd, from what I from what I gather, just kind of rolled with it. Like you know, this is Chevy. He's a dick, but we all know yeah, it. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you know, so he seemed okay with. So when they told him we want Chevy Chase in the movie, he said okay. You know, when they said we want John Candy in the movie, he said okay. You know, because these are all people we'd worked with in the past and knew, and and he knew they were, you know, good comedians and everything. Um, but apparently he wanted to play the Chevy Chase role and he wanted to play the judge. He did not want to play Bobo. He was totally no. did not want to do it. But they didn't know but nobody would do it. So he took on both roles. I think Bobo and Little Dibble are probably a a point that does not need to be in this movie at all. <laughs> like, no, no, they they really don't. And their humor was part of what I couldn't stand in the movie. Like it, it almost didn't fit with it. It, it took they acted like two year olds and saying stuff like "I pooped my pants." Like okay, like really. I mean, they, they <laughs> you were, don't. What doesn't fit to here? Have it to be more more horror themed and scarier. Like that was originally the comedy was supposed to be in the horror, right. but the studio was like, "No, you're you're known for for your comedy stuff and Ghostbusters. Right. And, you know, kids are going to come see your film." And we and we're gonna we're gonna lose a big market if we if we make this movie scary. So they the studio 
really took the teeth out of out of the piece, and they and they would, did not want them to have a scary film because they thought we're gonna have every thirteen year old the Goonies crowd, like the studio wanted the Goonies, and then the producers and and Dan Aykroyd they wanted Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right. so like they were they were fighting each other in Final Cut. See, I think that would have been a much more interesting movie, and it would have probably held it up. Probably for me. would have made more. Yes, so it may not have made more. This movie tanked. It did not do well at all, and they went way over budget. They didn't make any of their money back. Way over. But my question you is, got, so would you if... Know how, what's that? Go ahead. Oh, I, you my know question... You know how much it made? <laughs> I swear, you're just going to smack you. You're like, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, Do you know how much it made? Uh, I have no idea. I know they went like it, $5 million it, over budget, so... It made forty. It was uh, let's see, it was forty million to actually make it, and eight million in yeah, return. That's horrible. So well, uh, I thought he'd never directed another thing. My question is, had they made the original movie, you know, with horror, it's a little different now. Although I can make plenty of arguments to the fact that while horror does better in the theaters now, the movies aren't aren't usually as good. <laughs> So it's a whole thing. Sometimes they are. Sometimes they're really good, but they do they do better in the box office now than they ever really did before. But horror movies back then would hold up and become cult classics over time for good reasons, you know. And so you almost wonder, like, okay, if they'd have got to make the movie they wanted to make, would it have been better? And would it have kind of developed a different kind of cult following and held up over time and become like super popular for better reasons than why i feel like it's super popular now (laughs) like even the fact and again in 1991 hey man digital underground is in this movie i'm ecstatic now i'm like why the hell is digital underground in this movie (laughs) why it makes no sense back then i'm like this is so cool now i'm like this makes just no sense to me whatsoever like, hey, maybe Tupac was a very, you know, uh, was a, a avid Dan Ackward fan. You <laughs> who never knows? Know. Who I mean, knows? Well, or, I, I, think, I think they were, were like, you got to put the kids want to see that, yeah. that, that hippie hoppity music. That's popular now. Let's put that in there, too. Yeah, it's akin, exactly. like a it's akin to shoving vanilla ice in a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie for me. Is what, it is. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Don't misunderstand me. I love their scene in the movie. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I mean, it's it's so out of place, but so entertaining. Like, all right, this is yeah. fun. But that's just it. The movie teeters back and forth. Like, it couldn't make up its mind what it wanted to be for me. So I'm like, is this a straight gross-out comedy, or is this a horror movie with comedic elements? Like, it, I never could quite find the place. Kevin, on the other hand, he watched Two it again. Two thumbs up. He, yeah. he loved it. Have you had you ever seen this before, Kevin? I've seen it before. It was like uh, the last time I saw it was um, let's say maybe oof, when I was 14, 14, okay. 13. and I loved it then, but I didn't get all the jokes. But <laughs> now I'm back on board. <laughs> I mean, like you said, I mean, it is it doesn't know what it wants to no, be? No, it doesn't. And there's elements that are, you know, the humors are off, but I'm in. I'm I'm in. It's it's so bad. It's good. I mean, I'm all right with it. And that's the reason why the movie even got finished was because even with like the studio being a pain in the ass and Dan Ack uh, um, Dan Aykroyd not knowing what he's doing and uh, Chevy Chase being a piece of shit, they. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
he he was so pleasant to work for that the crew was like, yeah, we're going to do it. So the crew really picked up the slack where Dan Aykroyd didn't know what he was doing in certain certain parts uh, of you know the, the process. The crew's like, oh, we're, we got you. Don't worry about it. And in return, they'd go, you know what would be really fun to do? And he'd go, what? they go, we want to build. And they'd name some wacky thing. He's like, do it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So they were like, but- it was like playing for them because they had all this money. And the studio's like, yeah, whatever you need, you're gonna you're gonna make us some Ghostbuster money, cha-ching. <laughs> he did not. <laughs> okay, so telling me some of that stuff though actually make again makes the movie more interesting because now I see all these crazy things in the movie and I'm like, well, now I kind of know that that was because yeah. the, the crew was like, hey, we really want to do this, and he's like, yeah, what the hell, <laughs> just do it, you know. And also, a lot of it, like I think, like the two characters, the Bobo character, like they that that was from the original cut. That they didn't they didn't get to make, and then so they kind of had to dumb it down. And I think they also wanted to have an action figure uh, character, and if the movie had had done what the studio wanted it to do, it would have been you know action figures and cartoons and shit would would have come from it, and those characters were their their you know slots. Wow. They were their, their their Slimer, you know. They were the the gross out characters that you know. 10, 12-year-old boys are going to go crazy for. It just goes to show oh, you man. how often studios have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you can't, not every movie is an action figure movie. You just can't do that, you know? And I I, I don't want to say, like, I didn't feel like the directing was incompetent or anything. The scenes, I mean, they were shot fine. Like, the pacing, the tone, that was all fine. I, I, I just felt like the acting, like, none of these guys seemed to want to be there. And even to me more, like she was acting like she was acting. She looked great, yeah. but she was acting oh, yeah. like she was acting. And Chevy, oh my God. And what was the, what was with the, the freaking Looney Tunes ending? Was, that didn't oh, make God. any damn sense whatsoever. Well, the end of the movie is not, okay. So to me, it should have ended when they escape. That, they should have done the explosion, all that the first time they escape. Then they yeah. add this. Nope, we've got a surprise ending. We're we're taking it back to the town, and oh, surprise! But no, we've still got one more surprise ending, and then we have Chevy Chase run through a wall, and like, what in the hell was that? <laughs> like, like that? I didn't get it. Studio interference. Yeah, that was. And you know, studios have ruined many a great movie, and we're we've all been curious. Does that happen? Yeah, it's like we've all been curious. Like, what would the movie have turned out like had? the filmmakers made the movie they wanted. So I, it would be great one, to know. One of my favorite films is, is Popeye. Yeah. And, uh, th- and that movie was phenomenal up until you get to the ending of it. And then if you, if you ever get into the, the backstory of that film, um, the guy who took over the studio, I forget which studio it was that, that produced it. And the guy who took over the studio hated Robert Altman, just hated him, just did not like him at all. And he um, he ended up uh, just really fucking with him and pulling the budget so that the main actors all had to like uh, take a huge pay cut to finish the film. Wow! And they, they had to get rid of all the extras and all the sets, and they had and they lost their location. And then they went out to the island and, and they rewrote the ending. So the ending kind of it, it, it finished the film and right. got it done, but it it wasn't it was different from the from the rest of the film. Again, and I'm curious. Yeah, I, I mean, so I grew up at the right time um, when I was a kid. I mean, when I was 
two, three years old, I was a huge Popeye fan. So when the movie came out, I loved it. Understanding that it's not a, well, I don't know. Like you said, I feel like it has some really great parts in it. I understand well, there's some bad parts movie, in it. Yeah, it's the, the movie Popeye stands. It, it, I, yes. I still think it's a great film. Yes. Uh, I'll stand by that. Yeah, Nothing I think but so trouble. too. Uh, I do not think of a great film. But I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, was I entertained watching it again? Yeah, oh, hell yeah, I was entertained. I'm like, this is, but but because of how bad it was. I mean, like, yeah. And I think what makes it more enjoyable now, when again, when I was a kid, the humor hit, it stuck. You know, this is this all works for me as an adult. What works for me is knowing the things about the movie and going. Okay, just watch how these guys act. They didn't want to be here. You can tell Chevy Chase is being a dick. The only person, and you, everything you just said about Dan Aykroyd, like being awesome to work with, and you could tell he was having so oh, yeah. much fun doing this movie. And you could tell where John Candy was John Candy. His part, see, his part just didn't work for me. It's almost like he has this, he, it's a very small part, really, if you oh, think about that. it. But he's a huge linchpin, and he's really not a good guy in it. They want you to think he is, but he's really I not. I don't think he. I don't think he was a, a horror fan. I don't think he actually knew a lot about horror. He just showed up. And he was just John Candy. Yes, he was very that, much that so. Makes sense, yeah. He was like get John Candy in there. He's consistent. He does the same thing every film, and uh, and that's what he did. He showed up, and you could have you could have dropped him in Plain Strains Automobiles. You could have dropped him in any John Hughes piece. Yep. You could like his character from from uh, Home Alone. He basically was that character again. Yep. And uh, and but he's, it's a it's a damn likable character. So even even with his character not making sense, you still liked his character. And that's well, that's what's funny about it. Like growing up watching this movie, and when I went and sat down to watch it again the other night, I'm kind of remembering like, oh yeah, that's right. It turns out he's the one that's he's he's kind of rooting for him. He's trying to save him. And then I started yeah. thinking about it. And I'm like, but it's I'm only thinking that because it's John Candy. He's the asshole that brought him here. All he had to do was yeah. give him a couple of tickets. <laughs> like, but he didn't. Yeah, just let him know. He knew that these people had been murdering people for, you know, a hundred years. And he, he brings them anyway. So it's not like, it's like, so why did he have, I tell, Stewie and I are watching, and I said, why did he suddenly have a, a, a change of heart? Like, where did his, you know, his, where did his Jiminy Cricket all of a sudden kick in? And I'm like, oh, it doesn't. I mean, really, he disappears after he lets them go. You don't see him again till the very end of the movie. And Stu's like, yeah, they don't even mention him except very briefly when he's over, like, the... The intercom? Yeah, like, over the intercom. They ask, some, say something about him. And you, you kind of miss that. So then you get that little ending where he's, like, he's off with them in, like, Rio, and they're like, you're now our security guard and my lover. And it's like, oh, yeah. so he's not a good dude. He skipped out for money and sex. <laughs> Like, yeah. He's like, all right, I'm, I'm gonna leave these guys. I'm gonna leave the mansion full of freaking bones and and what they call hot dogs that are. <laughs> which is, and he's like, I'm gonna go get laid by a hot chick and lots of money. That's what. So he's not a good dude. He really isn't. So it just kind of confused me. But yes, people, Dan Aykroyd does have a penis for a nose. That's all I have to say. About Straight up for a penis for a nose. Yeah, it's a penis. <laughs> he has a dick on his face. Yes. I wonder if uh, that was just slid in. No pun intended. <laughs> that was just slid in. Well, you see, yeah, that penis nose is the one-eyed Willie of this movie. There's oh, so reference. So there you go. So back kind to of your, like all 
brings together. You're going back. So I gotta, I gotta know, man. Why? How do you relate this movie to the Goonies, Kevin? Well, you know, I'm just looking at the mansion and all the gadgets, the trap doors, very similar to the uh, like the caves in Goonies. That's my re- <laughs> my relation to it. And plus, you have the little Dubbo, a uh, little Dubbo and Bobo character. That's the uh, sloth, but yeah. you know, split in two. So it, it all comes around. It's just an adult <laughs> version of Goonies. You're right. It's not a stretch at all. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I'm with you. Oh, see the Goonies in that. You see? We did a show. I used to do a show with a buddy of mine where um, we called it Twisted Kid. It was just an excuse for two friends to get together and talk because we were in different states. But we would talk about movies we watched when we were kids that when we watched, like when we were way too young and how disturbing they were. And sometimes they were meant for kids. Now, there's a movie I'm going to recommend to a bunch of people out there if you've never seen it. It's a Canadian movie. It is called The Peanut Butter Solution, and it is by... I watched this so many times as a kid, and this is a bizarre movie with lots of inappropriate references in it. But one of the movies we watched was the Garbage Pail Kid movie, and I'm telling you, if these two weren't inspired by that atrocity of a movie, then I don't know where they came from because they looked like Garbage Pail Kids to me. They felt very out of place. Uh, you know, like I said, I watched the movie. I recognized it for what it was. I enjoyed it for what it was. I would never call this a good movie, Kevin. <laughs> I, for one, am looking forward to the sequel. Uh, I got tickets already. <laughs> you never know with Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> you, you never really, know. You really don't. <laughs> I mean, he tried and tried and tried and tried to do a um, Blues Brothers TV series. And... Honestly, <laughs> Blues Brothers 2000, aside from the music, which is wonderful, I don't know what he was thinking. <laughs> like, what was he thinking? The music in Blues Brothers 2000 is, is great. That's mm-hmm. it. Nothing nothing else in that movie. It's like, why? You should have never done this, dude. Right. Just let it go. But, you know, it's Dan Aykroyd. He's kind of like a, he's got a Sylvester Stallone thing going where it's like, I just got to go back to the movies I used to make. <laughs> so Right. Probably got Rambo right. Did you like the new one? Oh god, it was so depressing. I see. Yeah. I thought so too. Yeah. Oh, just, just the. I mean, not. I, I don't want to spoil it for anyone. I don't know how you feel about that. I mean, okay. I, I'm, I'm going to say something <laughs> now that will spoil the film for you if you haven't seen it. So, pause for a minute. First, fast forward. <laughs> Rambo dying at the end of the film did not was not the most depressing thing about that film. No, it's not. <laughs> it the whole thing with the niece. And it was like, oh my yeah. God. It was... Just like... It, it was such a... Everything he did, what was the point? <laughs> it's like, it's so... It was yeah. kind of like... It was kind of like... And I don't hate Alien 3. I know a lot of people do. But the problem with Alien 3 is it starts off basically letting you know everything we did in Aliens was pointless. Yeah. Because <laughs> we... we Busted our butts to get off the ship, and everybody died. It's like, well, wait. So he goes through all this crap and takes on these these drug dealers and everything. What's the point? She well, dies. The, he dies. It's the, like, the point of it, well, the, the the point of it that I that I got from it was because it was the conversation he had with her, where she's like, "Well, maybe my father's changed," and he's like, "Well, people never change." And uh, <laughs> and he's like, "Well, what about you? You changed. Was, I didn't change. I just." You know, keep the lid on the bottle, and 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 so he's he's saying he still has that 
right. murderous rage the entire time, and he's just been keeping it under control and drugging himself up just to not murder everybody. <laughs> so, so that's kind of like uh, at, at the end, like when she died, he had no reason to not murder everybody. <laughs> right. So, kind of like he that that's how he wanted to to be, and that's kind of how he was. And it was just kind of like he just went back to his. He had nothing. He had nothing to be restrained about anymore. So that's what I got from it. Yeah, I mean, but hasn't he kind of made that point in all the Rambo movies, except for the well, the third one's not very good. But, but. but it's like, but the other ones were so like kind of like they were too campy. Then the last, like I, I really liked the one. Uh, was it not? Was it First Blood? The Rambo the one that came out before the last one where he was the one that's just called Rambo or John Ram or something like this one was called Last Blood, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, so last blood. So I, so I think I, that, I, I, that was my favorite of all of them because I felt I felt like the use of practical effects is really oh, good. It was great. Yeah, um, it was fun just watching. The brutality was perfect. When Sorry, you, they're coming. Stu just put, right. Stu put his hands up. <laughs> it's 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 the loony wagons, Stu. They're coming for you, man. I I, I, live, I guess near a hospital or something, and so I I, I get a lot of that. But yeah, I I really enjoyed the last one too, the one before this one too. It was just fun. Like I mean, it was just he when he lets loose on that minigun on the back of the truck, that like fifty cal or whatever, oh, wow. he's just blowing people away. Like it doesn't get much better than this. <laughs> but sometimes with him going back and back and back again, you just sometimes he hits one out of the park, and sometimes it's just like I don't know what yeah. he just whiffed that one big time. Have all been solid. I mean, I I don't hate what he's doing. Like I really don't. I, I think I, I like them better than the Expendables. I, the Expendables were just too ridiculous. Uh, but but they're probably more beloved. I, I really liked what he did with all the Rockies, especially the later ones. I like the um, what, what's the spinoff he has? Creed. With, um, yeah, Creed. Like the Creed. The Creed are really good. I like those. Yeah. Yeah, so I think I think he's he's setting up a really a good franchise for for future. You know, with, I think he's smart that way. With Creed, I, what I really appreciated it is is that he didn't. I mean, yes, he went back to his character of Rocky, but he put a new spin on it, and it's he's not the main character. Like you said, he's almost passing passing the torch over, so the stories can keep going, but he he won't. You know, at a certain point, he won't. But you know, there were talks about doing a, a second Tango and Cash movie. So you never know. I've heard. Well, I've over I, the top. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> yes, we need an over the top sequel. <laughs> over the top cliffhanger become one film. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh God. Well, so I think the consensus is okay. So I like nothing. I, okay, that's not true. I enjoy nothing but trouble. <laughs> I liked it when I was a kid. I enjoyed it for what it was now. I I loved True Stories. I'm very happy that I I watched it. Like I said, as a as a Talking Heads fan, I don't know. I probably should have watched it years ago. Um just sometimes you just miss stuff, you know. And it happens. And that's kind of cool cuz then later in life you get to experience it. I highly recommend it to anyone out there. There's going to be people who don't get it. They're going to watch it and they're going to be like, "What is this crap?" Um and that's okay, you know. It's those you're allowed. It's fine, but enjoy it for what it is and appreciate it for what it is. But that's kind of where I stand on these. I, I, I really appreciate that. You know, you introduced a new movie to me and you brought back an old one <laughs> to me as well. 
You're welcome, and I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You know, for me, I love both of them. Yes. So thank you, thank you. Those are good. Those are good choices. If if you guys want to do this again, I got I got one for you. If you want to watch a fucking car wreck. I, <laughs> Those are our favorites. If you do, if you do watch this movie, I want you to set up uh, cameras on yourself just so I can watch you watch it. Because that's my okay. favorite now is, is is watch. And it just got released by Vinegar Syndrome, so there's a really good copy available. Um, but you can get it on YouTube. It's called Spookies. Oh, have, have, that sounds really familiar. Is, oh my god! Is that an older? It's not. It's not a new movie, right? This is from. Oh my god! It's from the eighties. Eighties, right? From, uh, and it, yeah, and they, they re-released it on Vinegar Syndrome with, like, uh, uh, documentaries about the making. But they, they basically, like, filmed the movie, and the studios came in and locked the director and the editors out of the room, and they re-edited it themselves. Oh, and they added awesome. to it. So it's, like, three different films all kind of crashed into each other, and, the, and they would go, yeah, you know what's really popular? That Evil Dead. Put some of that in there. You know what else is really popular? That... that Big Trouble Little China. Put some of that in there. You know, people love the ghoulies. Let's put some of that in there. And they just keep adding shit into this film. I just, that just is every single horror film that was popular or, or cult film popular at, in that time. And they just keep adding elements of all of it in. There's fucking zombies in there. There's Dr. Moreau cat people in there. There's just bizarre uh, shit. And I the can... movie opens up with a character I like to call Exposition Boy. He just <laughs> this kid walking around going, gee, Willikers, I'm sure lost out here in these woods by myself, but they forgot my birthday, so I'm walking around looking for something. And like, <laughs> just, that's the entire film is a kid just positioned up until he until he dies. And then you're like, huh? And they just and these characters show up for looking for a party that would never hang out in real life. It's a fucking it's it's a great movie. It's one of my one of my favorite. It's probably my favorite shit film ever made. <laughs> I pulled and up. The, I uh, never get sick of watching it. I pulled up the the artwork for it that just to see, and I recognize it, and I have a feeling I've seen this because I used to be notorious for back Morbid in the late eighties and early nineties, just perusing, walking through the um, uh, video store and grabbing something based solely off the the box art. And horror movies were my favorite, so I've seen a lot of. <laughs> Quote unquote, Stu kind of makes fun of me because I love bad movies. And I knowingly, I'll watch movies because I know they're bad. But I find enjoyment out of it. Not, I don't find as much enjoyment out of a bad movie when they are purposely making a bad movie. I I want it to be yeah, completely it, accidental. It was not on purpose. Right. So <laughs> There's I, like almost nothing intentional in this film. Definitely going to have to <laughs> check it out then. <laughs> So I love yeah. bad movies. So I, I'm I'm gonna be checking out Spookies, <laughs> and I'm gonna make Stewie yeah. watch it too. Yeah. Oh no 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 no! Casey, <laughs> okay, so you know what we need to do. We need to do a night where we all just get together and watch it together. You know, uh, Spookies is free on YouTube. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's gonna make it even it's, better. It's not, it's not a it's not a great um, cut on YouTube. Like it's it's been like transferred from a VHS. Nice. Uh, the one. On- and I, I have a copy of like a burned bootleg DVD of it, and I didn't even realize that the one one of the main characters, which is like the cat person, has a has a um, hook for a hand. I didn't even realize that because the, the quality was so, it's so bad. That <laughs> he had a hook. Like I'm, I'm friends with the producer on on uh, Facebook, and and he's a uh, he's like, well, you've seen the documentary, right? So you know. And he's like kind of wincing because he's. <laughs> 
<laughs> You're like, yeah, I've seen that. I love it. It's yeah. all good. <laughs> Okay, good. Oh, He's that's... afraid of getting hate mail or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's a great movie. Those movies like that have a, have a tendency over the years to, to do just the opposite. You know, people yeah. learn to love them and really appreciate them for what they are. You know, so we we've all we've all seen. Well, probably not all <laughs> of us, but most of us most of us have seen Trolls too. Or yeah, yeah. no, not me. <laughs> Why they yeah, call I it trolls? Too. Oh God! I'm about to check that out. Okay, so oh, you got it, yeah. You know, I'm a I, I I used to be not so much anymore, but I used to be a big um, Full Moon and uh, uh, Charles Band. You know, all, I I used to be really into this stuff. The stuff they make now, I don't really like. It's been bad for years. But so trolls, you, uh, you know, trolls is what it is. And so, oh, there's a trolls too. Okay, I don't know how they even decided to call it trolls too. Are, are they the little sparkly things? No, not the, not those troll movies. <laughs> Stay sticking to the Trolls World Tour or whatever just came out. Oh, <laughs> Which I guess I could see the confusion there. No. Oh, someone's going to get really upset when they go to a video <laughs> store. Hey kids, look what I brought home trolls too. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, you know, it happens. It happens. People uh, bring home porn instead people br- of... People bring home the wrong <laughs> movies all the time, thinking it's one thing and sticking in. And... What was I watching the other day when he said, uh, oh, God, it was some mainstream TV show or something, but he said, like, oh, it was uh, it was The Office. We were watching The Office, and he said, uh, he's talking to... Uh, Jim was talking to Pam on the phone, and he, he's like, I still can't believe you did that. And she's like, I just kept waiting for... For Sandra Bullock to pop up, and he's like, "How did you rent Twenty Eight Days Later, thinking it was Twenty Eight Days?" I'm like, "Yeah, that would be a that'd be a major like, think you're watching a Sandra Bullock in 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 recovery movie and get zombies." So it's like, although, one, one word changes everything. Yeah, and one movie was really good, and the other one was really boring. So you guys can decide which is what. So um. Why don't you tell the folks at home a little bit about you know where they can find you online if they can find you online if you want them to find you online uh, some of the stuff you do at Horror Hound um, if they come to a Horror Hound what they might see I've seen some of it so <laughs> well, if, you, if you go to um, on YouTube Horror Hound uh, TV you can see a lot, some of my interviews there that I do with with uh, the celebrities um, I mean really like you can you can see what I have open on my on my Facebook uh, you know Hamilton Alexander. And I'm, and I'm, I probably should call that dude tomorrow, but I'm trying to get my, my website, chumpchangevariety.com, uh, updated. Right now, it's, it's, it's very old, and it's from uh, tours like four years ago, but I'm going to update it and put all my, uh, my artwork and, uh, and, and upcoming performance stuff will go on there as well. And then chumpchange, chumpchange underscore variety is, is me on Instagram, and my work and nonsense goes up there, too. Before this happened, uh, this whole uh, pandemic thing, uh, I was actually kind of, I, I had pitched a film, which I can't really talk about now, but I had a commitment, financial commitment for half of it. Nice. Um, so that, so I, I will be, I'll be uh, throwing my, my hat into the uh, film writing and, and if it doesn't get too big, I'll be able to direct it. But if it gets too much money behind it, then they'll probably give it to somebody who actually has more experience. <laughs> like Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> <Yes>. He's available. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I like how he came yeah. around to that. So yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens after this is done. If if the uh, the investment firm is still standing, then you know I'll make some fucking movies. Nice. I hope uh, so. And, man. Be, and actually, I've been working on it with uh, Sean King from the Gooligans. You should check out Sean Sean King. Uh, Sean Q King, I think he is on on Facebook, but uh, he. He does a lot of amazing work. He does the Gooligans, so I'm gonna give him a little plug too. Actually, if you guys ever wanna, he, he's really fun. He he does a thing called Pitch It podcast, okay. where they 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 make up a film and they and they and they pitch it, uh, but they they just sit there and they make up their own movies, uh, and and they have the Pitch It podcast. Listen to that, but but get him on a future. Yeah, show Kevin, too, that sounds like it's right up our alley, man. Yeah. yeah he's a blast. It's so much fun. That's yeah. So I've been working with Sean King and, and a couple different film concepts one of them we got i don't want to say green lit but we got you know a, a sizable part of the investment and just got to kind of try to move it forward and, and not have studio interference <laughs> i think that, that i'm going to call my production company studio interference that would be awesome <laughs> <laughs> i like that well for anybody, anybody like look him up online. But anybody coming out to Horror Hound, you'll know him. He's the man with the most excellent mustache. You'll find him. <laughs> I'm gonna shave just to fuck with you. <laughs> you can't. You couldn't do it. We all know it. It's it's part of it. It's like we see that mustache and we're like, there he is, right there. There's the man. Never want to disappear. I just gotta shave it off. <laughs> you probably. You know what? If you shaved it, I. If you shaved it, I wouldn't be able to find you at a Horror Hound. I guarantee oh, it. If, if he shaved it, I think he would have great. I get a tear to his eye. <laughs> it's it's very. I mean, it's. We always know when we see you at a horror hound because you have an excellent mustache. It's pretty iconic. Yeah. The, the mustache walks in the room first. Yes, it does. <laughs> but again, man, we really appreciate you sitting in on the show. It was it was a good time. I really I, thank you for introducing me to a movie I I probably should have seen a long time ago. So. I always we always have that man, and I always appreciate that. I'm glad, I'm glad that you like that. <laughs> I do. I loved it. So, it's all right, thank you, nope. guys. This is all fun. All right, man. Well, we will talk to you soon. All right. All right, man. Take it easy. All right, so there you go. We had our conversation there with Mr. Alexander Hamilton. Please go check him out online. He is a uh, he's just a jack of all trades. You you can go over and see all the stuff he does. Um, I've I've seen some of his artwork and stuff. It's great. He's a really fun guy. So if you can make it out to a horror hound convention, we've been telling you for a long time on this show alone since the very first episode, but. For any of those uh, who used to listen to the obscure '80s, we, we you know we were huge fans back then as well. So, if you can make it out, we highly recommend making it out to Whorehound and uh, look for Alexander. And if you see him, tell him you heard about him on this show, and, and uh, you know maybe he'll care, or maybe he won't. I don't know. Maybe maybe he'll be like, I don't give a shit. Just <laughs> no. Tell him you heard him heard him on this show, and that you started following him online and stuff. That would be really cool. Uh, guys, um, we will be doing another episode. Um, I think we're going to veer off the normal path a little bit. And, uh, I think we're going to discuss the next episode. I think we're going to be discussing some popular 
commercial line. Stewie and I were talking about it the other day, and I was giving giving him some examples. And, you know, he, he looked at me and he said, they don't really do that anymore, do they? And I said, oh, no, they do. And then I gave him some more examples, and he's like, oh, yeah. And I was like, they're just not good. They used to be entertaining and fun to watch, or at least we thought they were. I did not hate commercials in the 80s. I hate commercials now. One, there's too many of them, and two, they're just not funny. And I remember them being funny back in the 80s, at least most of them. So we're going to go over some of the more popular uh like kind of commercial lines and we're going to give you a little history on them so it'll probably be a little more entertaining than it sounds at first hey back in the obscure 80s day we did an episode on food and nobody thought that we could pull it off. i said i wanted to do it do you remember that and you guys were like oh we're gonna do a show on food and i'll be damned if we didn't do it also i was listening to uh <laughs> i thought about putting it out there as a bonus episode but the three of us i don't know if you guys remember this the three of us did a uh, commentary. Do you remember this for for breaking two electric boogaloo? Oh yeah, yeah. I still have it, and I've thought about maybe somewhere down the road. Uh, we're some crude motherfuckers, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just gonna put it this way: in the first like ten minutes, there's a lot of nipple talk. <laughs> So I may have to release it. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so we're, we sound like pervy old men, but it might be entertaining. So it may come down as bonus episode um, sometime. I may release our commentary track of Breaking Two Electric Boogaloo. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, that's about all I've got for this week's episode. Uh, again, there'll be this, this is kind of a bonus episode that's going to come at you, and there'll be another episode. We've been releasing a lot of content, people, so, you know, be happy. Or hate us, whatever you do. Uh, that's all I got. You guys uh, have anything exciting you want? I mean, I don't know why I ask every week, but I ask anyway because I'm just a polite motherfucker. Do you guys have anything that you want to say before we get off here? Nope. No. I'm a polite motherfucker too. Yeah. Use yeah. a biatch. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's all I got. I don't really like my friends. You know. I think that sounder gets used more than any other sounder on the show. That's because I'm in control of the soundboard, and... I don't really like my friends. So there you go. All right, well, I think that's it, then. Until next we speak... Stay awesome. <laughs> I'm sorry, I started to say it. I looked over, and Stu, like, almost jumped to his microphone, and I'm like... He's like, whoop, and I saw his mouth twitch, and I'm like... Uh, <laughs> hey, stay awesome. Ah...
fun here. Hi. Howdy. How are you? Pretty good. Do you I do you, I wonder if people sit around to the music. <laughs> if you're not, you you miss stuff sometimes. Sometimes you don't miss shit. <laughs> sometimes you're like, why did I wait through this shit? It's like uh, a Marvel movie. I gotta tell you, uh so friend of the show, Matt Brown, was uh he texted me today. He's like, I'm getting caught up on a couple of episodes. And I said, All right. He's like, I'm listening to the, the Batman uh, casting episode. I was like, oh, that's cool. A little bit of time goes by, and I get a, I get a text. He's like, quote, Jay. <laughs> He's like, she ha- he has an 11-year-old daughter. When did that happen? Quote, Stu, 11 years ago. I'm like, I don't even remember that. I don't know what we were talking about. I don't remember that at all. He goes, yeah, Stu sort of slips it in underneath you guys. <laughs> I was like, yeah. So a little bit of time goes by, and I get a quote, all in caps. That building looks like a butt plug? <laughs> so I said, go to Facebook. You'll see what I mean. About five minutes later, oh, my God, it looks just like a butt plug. <laughs> oh, That's what you miss, people. That's what you miss.